TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. From the WEEI Studio, the destination for Boston sports fans. Boston sports fans. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of Fitzy and Hart is brought to you by your New England Kubota tractor dealers featuring MB Tractor in West Springfield and North Reading. For the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. Ladies and gentlemen of Boston Sports and New England, the greatest nation in the world. The drought is finally over. Those were the sounds that you heard. Ending the insufferable four and a half years without a professional sport championship coming home to New England as yesterday. The pride of the South Shore. There are champions on the South Shore after all. Your New England Free Jacks defeated the San Diego Legion in the Major League Rugby Championship from Seat Geek Stadium in Chicago, Illinois, 25-24, to 24, a successful five-point try, as they call it. Mr. Hart scored in the 78th minute of the 80-minute match. An absolutely thrilling affair. Good for the Free Jacks. And if I were a brewery or a bar room anywhere between Quincy and Weymouth, I'd watch out over the next couple of days because there are going to be some tabs that are run. The only questions that remain, Andy, are A, will there be a parade? In Boston, or more likely down Hancock Street in Quincy. And B, will there be a banner hung up for the Free Jacks at the security point check-in, just right where you get on JetBlue at Logan Airport this summer? We will soon find out, but there's nothing quite like watching a bunch of absolute oxen and brute brute force-strong dudes drink beer in a locker room off of a shield because a shield is their championship trophy. Hello, good morning, and happy Sunday, everybody. This is the Fitzy and Hart Radio Program for Sunday, July 9th, 2023. You can get in touch with us at any point on today's show by calling these magic numbers. You know them by heart, but I'll give them out to you anyway. 617-779-7937. When you call in, say, good morning. What up, Stanley Stiz, Grimy Bruno? That's our producer. Hi, Stiz. What up, boys? Hi, Hi buddy. Hi, how are you? The text line, 37937. Stiz will be monitoring the best of the text, and even if they're nasty and not too nice, he'll probably try to position them so that they're a little sweeter than you may have intended. And, of course, the socials, at W-E-E-I, at Jumbo Heart, and at Fitzy G-F-Y. On today's program, we will discuss the Red Sox, who have won a whole bunch of games recently. 
are we buying as opposed to selling? A little sports puri from the wide world of everything else going on. The latest and greatest in Pats Nation, two and a half weeks away from the start of training camp 2023. And what to make of this Damian Lillard nonsense. Hi, Hot. How was your vacation? Oh, it's over? Son of a bitch. I, they probably shouldn't have had the two Miller lights before the show this morning then. I've been telling you the only way to do Sunday radio is have a breakfast beer. Come on. That's the way to do it. Now you, I know you're going to have a great show. Damn right. And uh, was that a whoop? There it is in the mm-hmm. midst of the uh, free sure celebration. <laughs> I love that. that Dude, that video awesome. is electric. It's you see all the local you see. So they traveled with beers from all the local breweries like Widowmaker and Braintree uh, Vitamin C. They shipped beers out there just in case they won. And these guys just have this. I mean, when you see like, you know, Jokic, who's tired, just like pretends to take a sip from the champagne. And he's like, yeah, we won the championship. I want to go home. Or you watch the standard issue like dudes in goggles with, you know, Budweiser's after the World Series is won, et cetera. When you see the rugby guys celebrating the way that they did, like, it was epic. And, you know, we've joked before, like, what do people do with the Stanley Cup? Have they done filthy things? Have, do they drink out of it, eat out of it, et cetera? The championship trophy for Major League Rugby legitimately is a two-foot wide <laughs> by three-foot, like, pewter shield. So these dudes were holding it up in the locker room and pouring double IPAs and champagne down it and basically doing shield shooters. That's uh, it's quite. But would you expect anything less, though, from no. rugby? I mean, it has a certain uh, globe community, global community. We've all known kids who played it in college mm-hmm. and the lifestyle they led. So, no, I'd expect. And it's and I think that's why it's being embraced by the uh, blue collar folk of Quincy in that area, because uh these are not exactly pampered uh, superstar athletes who roll out of bed and you know get twenty million dollar deals and drive their Bentley to practice and have their nutritionist make breakfast for them. These are these are the athletes for <laughs> they the don't show up at the smoothie bar. No, they wake up and they probably crack four raw eggs, have a bloody mary, go out, you know, exactly. ju- yeah, have like eighteen egg whites for lunch, and then just go out for some beers with the boys. You know, it, 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 that's a very good point. That's a really, really solid point. Back on game that quickly after your clam bacon vote time. That's what I do. That's what hey, I do. Okay, all right. Well, listen, let's, uh, let's, it's a little early to start popping our collar some. We've got two and a half hours left on the show. However, the idea, though, that like you say, like, oh, no, is Jalen Brown going to get only $55 million a year versus the Supermax of an average annual value of $59 million a year and all the fit checks before the game and wearing custom-designed $10,000 jackets and jerseys and hoodies that they'll only wear once versus like you said the blue collar mentality like it's a collegiate sport a lot of people I, st- I think still believe that there is some sort of like I don't know I want to say Ivy League connotation to rugby when in fact it's a very basic sport uh, and they did an excellent job on the broadcast yesterday by the way on Fox for any football fans who may have been watching trying to explain uh this would be the equivalent in football of blank. So they call like from 22 meters in the green zone on a rugby pitch. And, you know, they were saying like, well, that's sort of like the red zone in football and you can elect to kick from here. Here's where this penalty comes in. So, you know, somebody like myself is not going to pretend to understand the game completely or know all the rules. But in terms of like entertainment value from having gone a couple of times to see them live in Quincy to watching it yesterday, it was pretty thrilling, and yes, I know it'll only count to the majority of you when we actually see one of the four major sports win the next championship to, quote, end the drought in Boston sports, but it was nice to see a title get celebrated and fans get excited about something special like that all over again. Andy, as you know, we like to start each and every edition of a Sunday Fitzy and Heart with everyone's favorite question. Let's all ask it on the count of three. One, two, three. Who, Who won, won the, week? the week? Now, I know, Andy. That was excellent production, by the way, guys. It almost sounded like we just read it. Nailed uh, it. A lot. <laughs> um, now, I know you were off for the week. Uh, mm. You were enjoying some private time, family time, cookout time, America time as well. Uh, but I'm sure you sort of kept an ear to the general tone of what was going on. You probably read a couple of blogicles, et cetera, instead of having to churn out columns and stir the masses. So from what you read, what you heard, and what you saw in the wide world of Boston sports this week, Andy, who would you surmise won the week? Um, 
other than me, for all the things you just mentioned, the beers, the boats, the beaches, the bonfires, the clam That's boils. It's a very alliterative that. week for you. Yes, I, I was I was uh, focusing on B words this week that I could in, this week that I could ingest and enjoy. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the uh, Boston Red Sox uh, lineup, the the bats mm. of the Bo Sox. Uh, I think the number is seven straight games with ten or more hits. Now I know. Everybody, including people like me, you're going to say, well, I mean, you're actually, as I said on Twitter this morning, you're kind of playing some exhibition games against a minor league baseball mm-hmm. team that happens to call itself the Oakland A's, at least for now, until they call themselves something different and play somewhere else. But I always try to give credit for taking care of business that you're supposed to take care of. You can only play the games that are in front of you, the pitchers that are in front of you, and Duran and Yoshi and Verdugo and all these guys are taking care of business. They are scoring runs. They are I think they scored in each of the first five innings yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like they're playing offensive led baseball. Paxton was great. That's great. Thank you. Needed the six innings, all of that. Mm-hmm. But this offense that I think has been early in the year and now once again is the impetus for your Boston Red Sox to win baseball games and especially Jaron Duran, who's a pain in the ass. He may not be uh, Eli De La Cruz, who we can talk to l- about later, who continues to put up just stupid highlight after stupid highlight and change the way we look at uh, young impact players in baseball. But well, now you mentioned his name real quick, Andy. If you if you were in charge of the All Star Game, you're Rob Manfred, whoever can like drop the executive hammer or make something like this happen. Wouldn't you just tell call up somebody and just say like this guy has to be in the All Star Game Tuesday night? I don't care. Absolutely, I would do that in all of sports. Remember that year where they um, they put Magic Johnson in the All Star Game? He was coming back from his the HIV, HIV positive and the whole donut, thing yeah, diagnosis. Yeah, I, I think an All Star Game is an exhibition game to excite fans, to entertain fans. Right. I think all leagues should have like a a one off wild card commissioner's exemption PGA Tour type thing where. Yeah, we can put a star player there, even if he missed the first half with injury or whatever. You decide you want Tom Brady in the Pro Bowl, even though he's actually not even playing this year. Whatever it may yeah, be. I put Russell Wilson in the damn All-Star game because he was drafted to be a second baseman by the sure. Rangers. Do some, have fun. something. Have yeah, fun. Have fun with it. You're Fitzy, fa- it, it what is it? It's principle. entertainment. It's it, fun. Make it such. And there is no more fun, funner, any way you want to say it, grammatically correct or not, player in baseball, maybe in all of sports right now, Dan De La Cruz. And yes, I would absolutely put him in there. But just getting back to Duran, he's a guy that we all turned on. I know I did. Actually, I won't speak for we all. I'll say I did. I think who, a lot, you, I think you can actually, I think Keith was Keith was hard on him. I think a lot of people were. He was a D-bag. he sounded like a dink last year. Absolute D-bag of the highest order. And whether it was the pressure, you know I have this theory that some Patriots, young players, are scared douchey because of the Belichick Patriot way, and they they can't be themselves, and then it turns into, like, confrontations with media, all of that. I don't know what happened with Duran last year. He even talked about the clubhouse and not being a great place and all these you know, hard-on-young guys, whatever. He is more comfortable. He's more enjoyable this year. I think he's, you know, developing into the player he wants to be and his very large father wants him to be. And he is igniting a lineup that is scoring runs, putting the ball in play, and is fun right now. I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't know how much of a long-term future a lot of these guys have. But for this week, the Boston Red Sox batters carried the week. Uh, I will, yes and that, I agree with you that the Red Sox lineup, the Red Sox batters definitely won the week after playing with their food and just putting forth a pathetic exhibition of baseball the previous week at home against the Miami Marlins. They have come back, they swept the Toronto Blue Jays, they took two of three from the team with the best record in the American League, the Texas Rangers, and now they have taken the first two, they have won the series as they needed to, fattening up on the inferior talent, the triple-A and a half baseball team at best, though I think the Woo Sox could probably beat the A's at this point. In the final game today, 135 here on the Shaw's Red Sox Radio Network, Mass Mutual pregame show at 1235 today. They can get the sweep, then you get four days off. Uh, so I agree. I just say the Red Sox, Heim Bloom even uh, in Ooh. general, uh, Alex Cora, everyone who needed a dub in Red Sox Nation is getting one this week as well. Uh, Brian Bayo is now a top 10 starter in the American League. This kid is absolutely lights out now. He's getting better and better. His command is tremendous. He's learning so quickly. 
What I heard Alex Cora say this week is that he doesn't focus on his previous start. The second he's off the mound, he's immediately thinking about what he's going to do the next time he takes the hill, which is exactly what you – that's like a cornerback's mentality, just forgetting what just happened. You put your best effort out there, and you move on. So if they can win today, get four days off, you go out to Chicago, if you can take two or three from the Cubs, and then you play the A's all over again, the Red Sox, I believe, can fatten up their record get to a point where they are nipping at the heels of that third wild card spot and then you become buyers not sellers you become buyers and I, I i firmly believe at this point you can only play the teams in front of you you get the schedule handed out to you you got to win the games that you have to play morning afternoon and evening that's all you can control and right now the Sox are taking advantage for a change you know they've played very well this year andy against good teams and they played poorly against bad teams if they can turn the corner and play well against the bad teams as well and still stay competitive against the good teams, I think we may actually have some meaningful baseball down the stretch here that's worth discussing, watching, and, of course, listening to here on the Shaw's Red Sox Radio Network. 617-779-7937 is the number. A little more Red Sox when we come back in just a moment. But first, we get you caught up on everything else here in the wide world of Boston sports and beyond with Stanley Bruno. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The Red Sox beat the Athletics yesterday at Fenway Park 10-3, following a week in which he saw his wife deliver the couple a baby girl, James Paxton, allowed two earned runs or fewer for the eighth time in his 10 starts. Jaron Duran added to his stats with a single, a double, a homer, a stolen base, three runs, and three RBIs. The A's will look to avoid getting swept when the third and final game of the series will take place later today at Fenway Park. First pitch at 135. Taylor Scott will take the mound for your Boston Red Sox as the team has gone 25-22 and 22 at home and 47-43 and 43 overall. Don't forget, we'll have all the action for you right here on the Shaw's and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. Mark Dondero will get you ready for the game starting at 1235 with the Mass Mutual pregame show. Mass Mutual Insurance planning investments and despite Miami remaining his most logical destination rumors continue to circulate surrounding the Patriots possible interest in acquiring Dalvin Cook per ESPN's Jeff Darlington the Dolphins still remain interested in acquiring Cook's services and currently have a contract offered to him on the table while Cook remains interested in Miami he is seemingly not willing to commit to the Dolphins current proposal so you're saying there's a chance. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Fitzy and Heart right after this. WEI. I love WEI. WEI. New England Sports Original. Our apologies, everybody. Unfortunately, we've had a little bit of a technical difficulty here at WEI, Boston Sports Original. Some of the machinery must be a little bit of a ghost. Maybe uh, maybe we forgot to pay the bills, just like Elon Musk did as well. So our apologies on that. We'll try to get things back on track momentarily, bring you all the commercials and sponsor information you need here at 93.7 FM WEI or any of our fabulous affiliates you happen to be listening on on this slightly overcast but incredibly humid Sunday here in the fair Commonwealth and beyond. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. So, Andy, just as the commercials began before the machine froze up on us, uh, I had a chance to just jump up. Uh, I had a chance to watch the Ellie De La Cruz stealing three bases on two pitches thing. We need to make a bigger deal about this guy going to the All-Star Game and beyond momentarily. When we come back, the machine's working again. Here we go. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... 
you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now, we're right back to it. Bitsy and Hart on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. So Jackson said, that, I said, what's the hardest thing about being first overall pick? He said, the weird autographs that you have to sign. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely get weird autographs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the weirdest one I got was a prosthetic leg. Oh, you did? Yeah. That was a, we just had, Papelbon just told me. You did really? That. Yeah. So, so, big league spring training game last year in, at Pittsburgh, a guy just, like, threw a leg at me. And he was like, could you sign it? I was like, yeah. Like, I'm not going to say no. You know, to a prosthetic leg. So that's definitely the weirdest thing I've signed. Me, Dahlbeck, and a few other guys signed it. From the MLB Futures game, that is Hope of the Nation himself, the handsome and chosen one, Marcelo Mayer, speaking to our guy, Brad Show, Rob Bradford, about the weirdest and most unique thing he ever had to autograph. Uh, and it sounds like it was scripted straight out of a Farrelly Brothers movie, Andy. Somebody threw Prosthetic leg. I also agree with his decision making. You can you can't turn that down. There's no, no like whether or not someone literally took it off of them, off yep. their body or their person, and threw it to them, or just brought it to the park because they I don't care if they stole it from somebody. That's the kind of opportunity you definitely don't pass up. Fitzy and Hart here with you on Sunday. It is July 9th, two thousand twenty-three. It's humid AF. Take a break. Come inside. Experience a little AC. And we'll provide the heat with the sports talk. Holler at us, 617-779-7937. We think, Andy, we may have gotten the machine fixed, as we like to call it here. And hopefully we'll be able to continue the radio program without any further interruptions or uh, crazy snafus like we just experienced moments ago. Stuff happens. Yeah. Right. Stuff happens. What are you going to do? So we merrily march along. Uh Conversation continues along the Red Sox. Uh, yesterday, I filled in for Chris Curtis on the Ken and Curtis program, trying to bring an extra note of positivity to a Saturday morning and early Saturday afternoon. Hmm. Ken and I had a very long and robust discussion about the Red Sox, and I think we both agreed, Andy, that at this point, it's time for the Red Sox to buy. Between, uh, I, I saw your tweet. I understand the point that you made earlier that the Red Sox right now are currently kind of fattening up on as you wrote Sox are putting on a show in the midsummer stretch of exhibitions against minor league teams but hey listen they don't make the schedule you just got to work with what you're given so at this point now if they can get themselves up five or even seven games above 500 and nip at the heels of the third wild card spot by the middle of july just after the all-star break don't you think that that merits going out and spending a little equity and maybe even god forbid Spending a little more money. We don't have to worry about any <clears throat> second apron talk, the most despicable phrase in uh, professional American sports now. Don't you think it merits going out and finding either another power arm to add to the bullpen since this system of openers and relievers and throw every available arm you can at them seems to be working decently with a stud starter at the top like Paxton and a an ascending ace like Bayo? Or do you even go out and try and target maybe just like a mid-level replacement starter if you will at least someone who can go out there and give you six every now and again and who's healthy because look at the way this starting rotation has been battered the last couple of months the injury bug has absolutely ravaged it if i was high in bloom i would only be uh targeting acquiring buying um assets that are for multiple years i mm. to me you know i'm gonna so the tweet i put out earlier that you just referenced i want to give you one of the responses uh, this is from Brian at Burst and Bloom. Uh, the narrative about this team is everything that is wrong with this market. Not saying that's nice. what you were doing with your tweet, but it seemed like it. They are taking a step forward this year, and their farm system is popping. No need to be relentlessly negative all the time. Okay, and I, I didn't think I was negative, but that's a different topic for a different day. He's right. I think they're trying to take a step forward. The farm system is part of that. 
To me, this is still some sort of a bridge year. I don't believe you're playing for this year and accomplishments in this year. And that's why I think this is a tricky situation. The better they play, the more Mm -hmm. people get their hopes up, the closer you are. I think they're two games out right now of the wild card. The closer you are to that, it becomes more challenging for High and Bloom because I think they have assets that other teams could want. You know, bullpen help, things of that nature, that teams that are trying to make a run, trying to rent something or utilize something for this year – would want to acquire and might be willing to give up uh, interesting prospects or whatever to to get. So, if you tell me they're going to get somebody that can be even if it's a if, even if it's a third or fourth starter, but a third or fourth starter for the next three years, mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm listening. Yes, go acquire that. Um, even a middle reliever for the next three years. Whatever. I don't really care where it is. What I'm not doing is giving up anything of any substance to be better this year. And that I, I, I'm I'm looking at a long term approach. I've trusted. Mm-hmm. Actually, I haven't trusted, haven't trusted Bloom, but I'm going to believe internally they trust him. And if you trust Bloom, this is not your year. You're not playing for this year. So every decision in mind goes for 2024 or 2025. It can help 2023. I'm not saying that. Look, don't ignore 2023. Right. Prioritize 24 and 25. And that's how I would approach it. So. I actually think it'll be easier for him to be a seller than a buyer because it's hard to balance everything out at the trade deadline the way I'm sort of suggesting. See, I understand exactly what you're saying. And at 1,010%, they have an opportunity to be a much, if not significantly better team next year and the year after. That's the future that we are looking to. That's what they're building for. And, yes, this is a bridge-ish, bridge-adjacent uh, transition year, whatever you want to call it. That's fine. But what if you have a chance to actually make the tournament without sacrificing a significant portion of the future? As we've recently seen, Andy, in a number of sports, all you got to do sometimes is just make the tournament. Doesn't matter. Seeding, rankings, record, doesn't matter. Florida Panthers and Miami Heat, two teams from Florida who knocked our teams that we thought we were going to see parading down Mass Avenue in Boston with duck boats and championships and all that jazz. They just they squeaked in a couple years ago. Bruins bumped in the Stanley Cup final by a team that halfway through the season had the worst record in baseball. Yesterday, our producer Brian Frizzoco pointed out that the year the Washington Nationals won the World Series a couple years ago, at one point in the year, they were 19-31. and 31. Uh, I'm not saying that these Red Sox are going to win the World Series, but... If they can stay healthy enough over the next couple of weeks and you can find a way, you're not going to add an absolute stud. I don't I don't want to see them trade Virginia Otani. for for sure. <laughs> okay, that's the you know, all right, there you go. That's the one guy that's worth mortgaging a piece of the future for. Absolutely. 100%. If, if you can I don't care what you have to trade to get the guy and that gives you and you know that you've spoken to his people and you're going to get a legitimate shot at first bidding rights to secure him for the long term. Don't care. Charge me $500 for an Otani jersey at the shops across the street on Jersey Street. I, by the way, side note, yesterday, when I finished the broadcast yesterday at the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio, I went out and I was like, you know what? I don't have a City Connect jersey yet. I really like these. Let me just, oh, $250. All right. Looks like I'll be <laughs> cheapskate. $250? Cheapskate. It's the going have rate. You, have you bought a $250 jersey recently? Uh, No. Cheapskate? No. No, no, no. Actually, the only one I've ever bought that would be in that price range would, would be an autographed Bo Jackson jersey that was framed. So yeah, okay, it was understandable. Yeah. That's understandable. Two hundred fifty bucks. What are we doing here? That's why you go with the uh, accessory uh, City Connect merchandise that I get. I have the nice light blue shorts. I have mm-hmm. the nice uh, yellow B uh, hoodie with the short sleeves. Because yeah, the jerseys are. Pricey. Oh my God! That's just yeah. Uh, I, I, like, I like the hoodie. I might even just get. That's for these but... prices. That's ridiculous. In my day, you'd buy the whole damn team for two fifty. <laughs> wow, I don't know where that voice came from, but <laughs> blast from the past. Uh, I don't know exactly. I don't know. I don't know how you go about holding down the fort with who you have right now, and then still trading away uh, some pieces that you don't deem wholly integral to your future, but. Right now, I look at Yoshida, Duran, likely Casas, uh, although I wouldn't mind seeing him come around a little bit. Look, I know it takes time. I, I get it. It's a process. He's not entirely ready yet, but he's not going back to the minors. He's doing okay. 
But Duran has some of those games, like last night, even if it's against a, a AAA-plus team, where you do where you do think, I'm, I'm going to look past what a dink I thought he was last year and just appreciate the actual talent that he is. I'm not going to get lost in thinking like, oh, you know, we bemoan not having Evaldi and Waka and Betts and Martinez and Bogarts and all and Schwarber and all the other guys that they let go. Those guys are gone. We're not going to be able to do anything about that. But you know you got a stud in Bayo. They've already sort of like, you know, uh, kind of talked contract extension. It's not done yet, but I think both sides want to get something done as soon as possible. If you're If you're the Red Sox, do you hold on to Chris Martin, hold on to Kenley Jansen, and nope. especially above all, hold on to James Paxton at this point, or do you try to get some return for next for, you know, some AAA talent for next year and the year after? Because I'm signing Paxton and I'm holding on to Martin and Jansen because you know the Red Sox bullpen, especially especially Chris Martin, has been terrific. Yeah, I uh, those are the two guys that I think are the most intriguing chips for other teams. And if you could maybe even uh, find the right team that would want those guys in a package deal, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder what you could recoup. Because those are guys that are very good, very valuable, bullpen arms, whether it's a closer or a, or a setup type guy. And are they part of the three-year plan? Probably not, right? Do you think both of those guys are going to be here in 24, 5, down the road um and if you can get the right uh right prospect in return hell that didn't you know the the red sox did it with uh with jeff bagwell who'd they trade jeff bagwell for for like larry anderson larry anderson like if you can make one of those types of deals that so quickly but if you can make one of those types of deals and get somebody to give up a legit high-end prospect for a couple valuable valuable but aging and and you know wrong time window bullpen arms to me, those are the tough moves you make. And I know it's tough. You send a bad message to your team that goes, well, um, what do you want us to do for the next uh, 40, 50 games, uh, Skip? Because uh, the organization just pretty much told us they packed it in for the year. And that's a really tough game to play. But like one step back, two steps forwards kind of move, ballsy move. Um, that would be a ballsy move is unloading one or both of those arms because I think those are your two most valuable assets. Yeah, but they could they could potentially be here to help you if you think you can compete next season in the AL East as well. Now you're now you're sort of okay. You may be acquiring a Triple A stud. I, I don't want a single A or a Double A prospect that's not going to make the team for another couple of years. I don't think Red Sox fans have the patience to look at next year as yet another bridge year or an or uh you know. Uh, Look, as next year is another development season. In 2025, that'll be when we really start competing. Like, then, then what are we doing? I'm looking right now on CBS Sports. They have a list of 20 players most likely to be shipped off at the deadline. Number one, believe it or not, Max Scherzer on the spiraling New hmm. York Metropolitans. Hmm. Um, but you make your way down the list, mostly pitchers, a couple positional players, and there he is sitting there, number eight overall. James Paxton. Paxton's already made more starts than he did in the 2020-22 seasons combined. He's pitched well, better marks than he managed during his Mariners days, uh, blah, blah, blah. Potential suitors, Reds, Diamondbacks, Orioles. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a top-of-the-rotation guy at this point, Andy. Like, he's got a sub-3 ERA. His whip is under 1. He's hitting 96-97 on the gun, power lefty pitcher. Well, I don't like if you're the Red Sox and you think maybe you can trade it still a cut if you're going to be sellers and hope maybe you can sell and still compete for the third wild card. OK, that's fine. If that's what they're ultimately going to do, I might want to buy a little bit and, and and roll with this team to make the rest of the season fun. Again, it's entertainment without vulturing too much from the future. Uh, if you're going to definitely deal someone away, deal away from the bullpen, maybe D- sign Paxton like. Couldn't, don't you think that signing Paxton to anchor a rotation as you develop Bayo and hopefully get some other young pitchers involved and can make decisions on Whitlock and Hauk, uh, don't you don't you think that having like a veteran stud at the top that's dependable now, now that he's gone through Tommy John, now that he is successfully rehabilitated, don't you think that makes sense to sign him to, I don't know, maybe a two for 35 kind of deal if, if he's willing to play ball with you? Uh I guess two for thirty-five. You're the Boston Red Sox. You could you could swing that, but I mean, he is what thirty-five years old, thirty-four mm-hmm. years old. I mean, he's a mid-thirties pitcher, which is a dangerous, uh, dangerous game to play. 
But yeah, that deal, to me, that's an old school Boston Red Sox deal where a lot of teams can't sign a 35-year-old pitcher to two years, $35 million or whatever you want to say the deal would be. That's sure. the kind of deal you can roll the dice on if you're high in bloom. You're not in Tampa. You're in Boston. If you hit it, as you said, you have a horse. You have a guy that can be a mm-hmm. frontline pitcher for the next couple of years. And even if there's just some uh, Devin McCourty-like value or Matthew Slater-like value built into the deal where you want somebody around mm-hmm. Bayo and Hauk and these guys that has that experience and can help mentor them mm-hmm. Um I would do that. I don't know what he would be looking for, what his market value is. I have to think it's not that high because the first thing people look at for pitchers, right, is age in general. I mean, that's it's like being a wide receiver or something, a running back over the age of 30. You, uh, Your market is diminished, even if your name is D-Hop. Right now, the Red Sox sit 14th overall in 2023 total payroll at 180 Basically $181 million. A whisker above the Rockies. Who in the holy hell are the Rockies paying that, they, that they're $179 million? Oof. That's a waste of money right there, I'll tell you. Yeah, uh, James Paxton right now, he is pitching this season on a four. Last year, his base salary was $6 million. Uh, this year, it is $4 million. Uh, there is a club option next year for what would likely be, oh, look at that. I'd like a $12 million club option. You do that in a heartbeat and then maybe see if you can extend him a little bit. Uh, no, actually, that's wiped out. He's an unrestricted free agent next year. I would jump in all over that as quick as I could if I was the Red Sox. 617-779-7937 is your telephone number. You buying? Are you selling, Sox fans? Gary's in the car. He wants to give us the business. Uh, start with Andy, Gary. All right, so every... Every take I hear in Otani just seems kind of ridiculous. Like, even you guys saying trading for him doesn't seem realistic to me because no one's factoring the players' union's involvement in this deal. I think the players' union is going to be heavily involved because every contract after this is only going to be half of the value. You figure every other contract is going to be basically half, because they only do half of what Otani does. So pitchers making $30 million, they need Otani to get the most. And in baseball, the overall contract rules. Like, if you were going to trade for Otani right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. you're going to give up Cardena, and you're going to give up Meyer at minimum, and then that's with no guarantee to sign him? I mean, are you serious? You'd have to probably say... Okay, we're going to offer you 10 at 750. Would you do that? And then I would maybe make that deal because that's what the player union is going to look at. They're going to look at total overall value of the contract, which rules the day in baseball. And per season, what he's getting, because every player after this for quite a long time is only going to get about half of that. So they need Otani to get around $80 million a year. $75 million a year because he is going to set the precedent. And I called you guys in January, and I told you that. And unfortunately, I said that contract for Otani is going to be somewhere around 10 at 60. He, he's pushing 65, 700, you know, probably $700 million. He's so worth it right now from a marketing standpoint and a value as a player. He is going to be unmatched. He is the best player in baseball. He is the best player in baseball history right now. And you are seeing things that you are never going to see again. And I think Otani is worth every penny. And I think Hein Bloom saves his job by getting Otani. And it's why I hope he got Yoshida. Because if he didn't, he's a complete dumbass. And I don't know what he's really doing. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, you Gary. I appreciate not only the throwback to when you told us about Otani, uh, from way back in January, wow, I didn't even know we were taking baseball calls back in January. I thought we were just commiserating over the Patriots' reverse-engineered offense of 2022 and their effort to try to make the playoffs, Andy. No I, chance I, I remember a call from January, so we'll just move on. <laughs> I, I appreciate that he does. Maybe he doesn't feel as many calls as we do <laughs> and, and, and have to manage all the takes, opinions, stories, analysis, and more. Uh, look, I'd prefer not to have to trade for Otani, and he's right. They're gonna The, uh, the Players' Union is definitely going to not push him toward here just you know you know go wherever your heart tells you to go like they're going to absolutely want him to go get as much as he possibly can every other player is going to as well cuz he's going to not just break he's going to reset the market entirely 
Gary does have a good point. We have quite literally not seen a player like this since George Herman, Babe Ruth, for God's sakes. Uh, I what if I was the Red Sox, would I trade May, uh, Mayer and a couple other players that I'm depending on being a huge part of the future? No. Would I empty the vault and come up with the most creative deal possible and say just ni- literally here's a ch- here's a blank check. It's good for eight years. What do you want? And I you'd make that money back like that. Jersey sales, hell, I, even I would buy a $500 Shohei Otani connect, City Connect jersey at that point if it meant getting the best baseball player in the world to play for the Sox, Andy. Yeah, that, that was an interesting call from Gary because the tone of it, I wasn't sure when it started, it sounded like he was against the idea because it was going to cost $750, $800 million and you're going to have to give money. up. It, it is. It's fine. It's sports. Part of the entertainment of sports that I always fall back on is the pursuit of talent. Whether it's a number one draft pick, whether it's a minor league phenom that you're banking on, or whether it's free agency and trades and money, that is part of the overall 365 enjoyment of sports. And talking about Otani, I'd be in on it. Like, do I want to keep Mayer? Of course. If there's a way I can do it and not include him, sure, would love to. I'll keep both. But if I have to include him, I would. Why? Because best case scenario, he becomes a star MLB player who's really good mm-hmm. defensively and offensively. Otani is more than that. So uh, he um I just I would not be afraid of that. The biggest thing that I've said is like the fear with Otani and Gary's right. He is a hit, a great hitter and a great pitcher, so yes, should he be paid double? Yeah, I'm fine with that. You can sell me on that theory easily. The co- the concern I have is smart man, if you invest in an elite baseball hitter for say 40 million a year, and an elite baseball pitcher for $40 million a year to get to the same performance, essentially, and the same $80 million a year, you have less chance of one instance wiping that out. Because if mm-hmm. Otani gets hurt, you lose two players, not one. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's, right. there's twice Huge as risk. much concern. Yeah. Because we see it all the time. Guys get hurt. You know, Aaron Judge hits a fence and he's on the uh, injured list or or whoever it is. And uh, one throw from a pitcher and they're feeling discomfort in their elbow and they're gone for X number of days. If you lose Otani, you lose two players all at once. And that's the biggest fear. Are you over-investing in a single human being, increasing your chances of playing without that guy and being really a disappointment? The other is, and I don't buy this, I hate the the highlights of Otani go across Twitter and somebody retweets and says, yeah, but what's the Angels win? Okay, so you're telling me Otani is the reason the Angels don't win? Is that what you're telling me? You don't want to watch Otani? Like, come on, that's just stupid. So I don't care about that. My question is, would you rather have two $40 million players or would you rather have Otani for 80? I, 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 that, that should answer itself. And if people think that you'd rather have two $40 million players as opposed to the most phenomenal, look at the size of the home run he hit last. I know the the Dodgers Oh, they lost. On. Yeah, but they lost. What are they able to win with him? Please stop it. My God. What a talent. Uh, all right. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Your calls, your thoughts on the Red Sox. Are you buying? Are you selling? What are you selling? And who would you possibly buy? If anyone's got a suggestion out there you think that Heim Bloom could dumpster dive for that would help keep this team competitive the rest of the way, we'd love to hear it. When we come back, let's get Andy's thoughts on what happened with the Celtics this week. Fare thee well, Grant Williams. Hello, Dame Lillard? Probably not, but it's worth poking around with. Fitzy and Hart, Sunday, WEEI. WEEI. We are right back to Fitzy and Hart. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Well, Andy, while you were on vacation this past week, things... uh, Got a little funky with the Celtics all over again. We heard reports that Damian Lillard didn't want to come to Boston. Then we heard a report that Damian Lillard would not object to coming to play for the Celtics. And then it seems like it is now swayed back the other way all over again that he wouldn't want to play, though his friend Jason Tatum may be trying to recruit him to come play for the Celtics. Uh, While all of that shook out, Grant Williams was dealt away. Fare thee well. No worries about I'm going to make them both getting in the face of Jimmy Butler, dressing like Batman, or getting stoned by Deuce for a high-five in the locker room. The Grant Williams era ends after four seasons. A lot of effort and hustle, 
but ultimately no championships. He makes his way now on a four-year deal for $53 million to likely be a starter, as John Corrales from Boston Sports Journal told us yesterday. His minutes will increase, but at the same time, so will his tolerance, or at least his tolerance will have to increase for Kyrie Irving, who also signed in the silly season of off-season NBA contracts for, I believe he got three years, $126 million. However, will he survive on that kind of money? Uh, Andy, your thoughts on the Grant Williams era and the Celtics basically salary dumping him for only a couple second-round picks? Uh, I don't... It doesn't bother me that much. I never hated Grant Williams. I never loved him. He was in that mediocre middle that fans and observers kind of sit in with a lot of players. Really really a polarizing guy like him? I apologize for interrupting, but a polarizing guy like Grant Williams never swayed your feelings one way or another. He was just sort of like, blah, to you? Yeah, because I I can see some of his asset and his value. Um, The three-point shooting, corner office, and all that, and the... Unique defense that he brings, the only guy in the NBA that can defend Giannis, then the the various things we've seen over the years. But do I think you're going to win and or lose because of him or that he's some irreplaceable uh, aspect of the team? I I do not. And he did kind of seem annoying to be around at times, um, whether you're a teammate or an official or or whatever. Um, so it just it didn't really move my needle. I think he's a secondary. I mean, we're talking about an, an offseason in which the Celtics acquired Kristaps Porzingis, an mm-hmm. elite unicorn player, a new type of big three. Um, that's what's going to happen. Or they're going to give three hundred million dollars to Jalen Brown. Those are the things that I think are the foundation moving forward. Now, there's a legitimate concern, I think, when you lose two role players and I'm being disrespectful to Marcus Smart, but. Marcus Smart and Grant Williams were key role players for this team in recent years and playoff runs and key games Mm -hmm. and key wins and certain stature that they had. There will be a unique um, reworking of the not just the roster, but I think the leadership and, and role players and hierarchy and guys that you trust to step up when the big two or the big three aren't getting it done. Um but the reality, I still think, is this team goes where Jason Tatum leads them and Jalen Brown and Kristaps Porzingis follow very, very closely. Yeah, yesterday, John Corrales also reported to us that, uh, or rather, he he believes, I should say, his speculation was that the Celtics and Jalen Brown extension, which is definitely happening, should he, he thought it would be announced within the week. Could be as soon as the end of the weekend or the start of the week as well, but that we're likely to hear that Jalen Brown will officially be signed to something resembling, if not the Supermax, which, again, still to me is just an absurd, absurd amount of money. But perhaps his role on this offense going forward will be different now that they've added somebody like Porzingis to, as you said there, form some sort of new big three and allow Joe Missoula to run the kind of offense that he and Brad Stevens envision a team of this talent capable of to run okay fine if that's the way it's going to be uh they've already made their chemistry shake up the locker room is going to be quite different a whole lot quieter as well with Marcus Smart gone the fallout from that has now trickled away with Grant Williams now gone uh you'll need to they've picked up a couple other players uh you know O'Shea Brissett they think might be able to add a little bit of defense coming off the bench we'll see now obviously Al Horford doesn't have to start Andy so now you could bring him in he could basically be your veteran Grant Williams if you need him to now, as opposed to having to start and play all those minutes. Maybe now Al only has to play 15 to 18 minutes a night, and he'll feel better about his role going forward as opposed to exhausting himself at the end of the year as well. As far as Damian Lillard goes, I don't see how, in any way, shape, or form, with his agent, the player and agent both making it known that he wants to go to Miami. He doesn't get to. He doesn't hold all the cards. Portland still. He doesn't have a no trade clause. Portland can ultimately decide where he goes and what's best for their franchise, if they do indeed deal him away. But I just don't see how you. What package of goods are you going to send to the Portland Trailblazers to get Damian Lillard? Then you get into. Oh my gosh! I can't believe how much all of this costs with Supermax here and Supermax there and thirty-five million dollars players everywhere. How in the world would you make that work? How could how could a guy like Joe Missoula? make something like that work and is does Lillard not want to come to Boston because of the weather because of the city's reputation or because he knows one night he could be the one option and the next night he could be the fourth option I think you nailed it in the middle I don't think it's the weather and I don't think it's the option 
I think it's based on that audio that we've all heard, I think, mm-hmm. from Chris Haynes on the yep. Dan Patrick show when he almost laughed at the idea of Damian Lillard going to the Celtics. Um, the tone of that, and maybe I read too much into the tone, was that the city of Boston, the reputation, the history, the gray areas, the black and white areas are mm-hmm. something he wants no part of. And quite frankly, if that's the case, if I'm reading that right, then I want no part of him. Because if that's the way he feels, I don't think you're going to change that with a couple 30-point performances that leave 18,000 people at the Garden standing and, and cheering for you. So, um, And, and I, I, don't re- I agree with you. I don't know how you make – you just made your core, in my opinion, by getting mm-hmm. Porzingis. Right. Are you, ma- are you remaking the core on the run here? I, I don't know. It's a collection of talent I want no part of, but mainly I want no part of him if he wants no part of us. Yeah, exactly. Like, do what you can to support this core. Your core is now a first-team All-NBA player, a second-team All-NBA player, and somebody who could potentially surpass even his excellent All-Star level statistics last year in the form of Porzingis. Now find your role players. Now find your guys that can come off the bench and bang out a couple threes. Now find now find your your defenders. Now figure out if you're comfortable with Pritchard coming off. You know, maybe Pritchard and Brogdon will have a good season. Uh, they could also get traded halfway through the season. Who knows? I'm with you. Support those guys. Do everything you can to now enhance and augment this new big three that you've put together. And don't worry about adding a fourth guy who may or may not want to be here and is going to demand 10 to 15 three-point shots a game as well as getting enough looks to keep his 32 points per game average up, his 30-point-per-game average. I love him, but they've committed to Jalen Brown. I don't think it works at this point as well. What do you say, Celtics fans? Would you make the trade? I don't think it's going to happen, and we're not leaning that way as well. 617-779-7937 if you want to weigh in on that one at any point during the show. When we come back in just a couple of minutes, time for a Patriots pivot. The Six Rings boys are out. Andy, we've got to get the latest on... D-Hop Watch, Cook Watch, and everything else, plus some choices. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 